0: like making myself realize that I've got a lot of good stuff, but, but like I don't have a balanced life. I don't, I'm out of touch with the certain things. I need to recognize that relationships are more prized and make more time for it. Like being good at work doesn't define you. And, you know, I've seen you post stuff like that. I think that's why I really enjoy your family, man. And I, I think that, and I think our business and to produce an overwork mentality uh that oh. i think you know again can, can, be, can be rectified with some of this
1: welcome to authentic conversations with ryan james miller join ryan as he speaks with top business leaders and influencers and hear how they've mastered the art of authenticity to achieve all that they dreamed of As you hear from these leaders, seek not only to be inspired by their authenticity, but to strive for and master your own. All right, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Authentic Conversations. Uh, Today is a good one. Uh, A good one because, as you know, uh, by the time this goes live, uh, I will have teed up uh, kind of a, a, a new... Uh, or maybe improved approach to the podcast in the sense that you know I'm looking beyond just trying to hear people's three steps to success in this world. We all hear enough of that crap, uh, not to say that it's not helpful and everybody's story is unique and beneficial. And we may hear some of that today. But really, I'm trying to dig deeper into people's stories, to hear who they are, to really understand more of what makes them tick and where they're challenged, not so much that we can learn from them practically or pragmatically, but so we can gain more of uh, kind of a permission to look into ourselves. And so as I was doing that, um, this name came up. And many people actually uh, ended up uh, recommending this gentleman to me. Um, It was a no-brainer as soon as I heard the name, uh, just because I've heard him speak and share his story uh, from, uh, from time to time. And so I'm pumped to have Lester Morales with me today. Um, I would say that he is a healthcare aficionado. Uh, He's got a lot of really cool and unique names uh, that he gives himself on LinkedIn, uh, titles. I'm gonna let him kind of share a little bit more about that. But if I say the name and you're in this industry, you know Lester definitely has a big personality, a lot of spice, he said he's gonna share that today. So what up dude, welcome.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I always, always wonder how people are going to make an introduction. Of me. Uh, I like that one. Sometimes it, it sounds too good. Like my mom wouldn't even have written that. This was, this was perfect.
1: Awesome. Okay. So um, if you had an opportunity to introduce yourself, like, you know, we're doing this cheesy, like we're on the elevator together. We're going up the ladder. Like, what do you say?
0: Yeah, I mean, if we're talking business, I normally say uh, I am a disruptor of the current health benefits landscape. And again, depending on who we're talking to, right? Some people look at you at health benefits and they don't know what the heck that even means. So if we're talking straight like level G, I'm an insurance advisor. Uh, If we got somebody that's in the business, I try to paint the picture of, hey, you know what everybody else is doing? I do everything else. else." (laughs) So that's That's what I try to get them to understand.
1: That's good. And are are you in Puerto Rico? Do you actually live there?
0: I am in San Juan, Puerto Rico, as we speak. Uh, I normally throw out the 82 degrees right now and not a cloud in the sky.
1: Yo, so you don't know this, and everyone gets to hear this at the same time, but we got something in common. So Uh my wife is 100% Puerto Rican, okay. both my, both of her, her dad and her mom, born in Puerto Rico, uh, they came uh, to, uh, they both found their way to New York, uh, that's kind of how they met. But man, I, I gotta tell you, the fact that I'm talking to somebody from Puerto Rico, like if my father-in-law heard this, which he would never listen to this, right away, he would tap my mother-in-law on the arm and he would say, Nani, Nani, Ryan's got somebody from Puerto Rico. Woo woo woo. Like it is just this huge thing.
0: Now dude, so so Puerto Rican folks are are super prideful, woo. especially when anybody ever gets to any level of success or fame. So you know. J Lo is it might as well be a princess, you know. Mark (laughs) Anthony, you know, the folks Benicio
1: del Toro, I hear about all the time.
0: Lots of baseball players, uh, etc. Now, do you know where your your family's from? Do you know what city they're in?
1: So, they are actually they were just uh from uh, just outside of San Juan, Uh, they actually still have some family back there. It's been a couple of years since they've gone back. I have been told uh, a thousand times and then some that I need to make a trip out there because it's so beautiful. The water so amazing and everything I've seen absolutely agrees to it. And by the way, if you're like a little bit geographically ignorant right now, you may not know that Puerto Rico is actually a part of the United States. People think it's like a South American country or something like that. So I
0: get, I get asked for my passport every time. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> no way from like normal like people in like the airlines and stuff
0: not even normal let's go tsa agents <sighs> will look at you and be like where is your passport I'm like i don't <laughs> need one to travel but that's a whole nother podcast about people's ignorance to geography we'll uh,
1: be <laughs> I love it okay so um so you you spent a lot of time in this industry but How did you find your way into the industry? Because again, like, you know, there's a little bit of ignorance here, even on my part, but I think even just in general. So you are outside of the continental United States, Um, Puerto Rico, you know, when we think about its economy, and obviously, you know, this way better than I do, but economy, culture, Uh, operation of government it is definitely different than the united states and so they're not experiencing the same healthcare challenges we are their own just not the same necessarily that we are things are different there so how did you grow up in a place like that and find your way into this mess here in the u.s
0: yeah so um i am born in puerto rico my parents uh, back in—I don't want to give how old I am because I'm—I'm I'm feeling a little old nowadays. I used to be the young guy in our industry, and now like one of the when I can say I've been in the business twenty years. I Like, oh gosh! Um, but um, in the early '80s, they were actually running commercials on the television that says, "Want to double your pay?" take a one-way ticket on Eastern Airlines to Orlando, Florida. And so that's what my parents did. So I always say my parents were following the American dream. So I actually grew up in Florida. uh, And, um, you know, we'll come back to probably this part of the story. But my dad was diagnosed with multiple myeloma when I was 16 years old. And so um, I saw healthcare in front of me uh, from the cost of it, bone marrow transplants, $150,000 a year, drugs, uh, et cetera, et cetera, to my parents filing bankruptcy. So when I went away to college, where most people fall into insurance, Hmm. I actually got my degree in risk management insurance. So it was kind of one of those things that um, was an absolute calling. I'm a firm believer that life doesn't happen Uh, you know, to you, it happens for you. And Mm -hmm. I think that my parents giving me $200 a month for school out of my dad's disability policy and me recognizing that, well, insurance, I got a story to tell. I might as well go into that business. Those two things emerged. And so, yeah, I've been in this business ever since I got out of college in the benefits space. Uh, And it's all because I I call myself, I'm a product of employee benefits.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so that to me uh, carries so much more weight. And this isn't to knock people that didn't have the misfortune that you did, but you know, w- there's a lot of reasons that we are fueled to start a career, to become successful, whatever that help people, whatever that may be. <clears throat> but for you, uh, it, you know, y- you saw the benefit and that fueled you to go out and do for others what you know was obviously done for you so early on like did you i i obviously you understood what your dad and your family were going through but did you catch the power behind that from the get-go or was it like i'm gonna go figure this out and as time has gone on it's kind of grown
0: no, it, it's definitely a, a, a snowball and, and keeps getting bigger. Um, I think, you know, at first, it was it was a story, right? It was something I mean, when you're 19 years old, and you're deciding your major, I actually went into college as an accounting and Spanish major and wanted to go in the FBI. Um, well, that, was, that was what I originally wanted to do. And One of my fraternity brothers um, graduated uh, with an insurance degree and went to go work for Marsh in Manhattan and was making like 75 G's at a school and I'm like, that's like an endless amount of money when you're eating, you know, eating ramen noodles and drinking nickel beers and so, you know, for me it was one of those, those two roads crossed, Mm. I had taken an insurance class as a business elective I enjoyed it, I saw the money potential, and I knew I had a story behind it. So there wasn't a, oh, I've got that story will fuel me. That didn't happen until, I mean, I'd like to say that I'm a pretty intelligent guy, but I'm not because it took me like 15 years (laughs) to realize that designing a health plan that all you do every year is continue to increase the out-of-pocket expense, the deductibles, the co-insurances, what comes out of your paycheck and going to a client and saying, Mr. Client, it came out at 20%, but I am magical. I got it down to 10. I (laughs) saved you 10%. It took me a long time to realize that that's not the right definition of save and that we construct health plans the complete wrong way. And it's because we lack, and you know, Andy Neary, I love Andy Neary. He says the perfect word for this. We lack empathy. Yes. We are making health plans as people <laughs> who are making the monies that we all make with the CEO and the CFO and even HR in the room. When the majority of the people that are using it are making way less than that. And so when we talk about a $2,000 deductible going into a $3,000 deductible, and not that many people will be impacted. I was one of those families that were impacted. Yeah. And so it, it, one day I could tell you it clicked and forever, Ryan, I was a dog on a bone fixated on, there has to be a better way.
1: Mm. <clears throat> okay, so I wanna go back to empathy, I think because that's something that probably was laced into you far earlier than that moment. But, you know, I, I do want to say, you know, uh, I love talking to people like you in this industry that are not just talking shit about disrupting the industry, but are really doing something about it. I, I, I do think that, you know, oftentimes, like, it's been a cool train to jump on where everybody talks about breaking the status quo, let's, you know, let's push back. But, you know, that was just the natural product of our entire economy, right? I mean, you got into benefits far before I did, but far before even the Affordable Care Act. But, you know, for for most of these people, when the Affordable Care Act came into existence in 2010, our economy was coming out the other side of a recession. So it was booming. And so people didn't care about money like they should have, nor like they do now. And so, you know, for everybody that was trying to make a quick buck by just screwing people into a 10% increase instead of a 13, I think there was far more people that were just riding this trajectory that we were all on, which was maybe some bit of a willful, willful ignorance, but we were just all moving up and, you know, up, 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 up. And so we didn't have to be as careful as people do now. I mean, now we're watching people's businesses being ripped from them, livelihoods. uh, And I still think the worst is yet to come, but um, I'm not, I'm not going to doomsday today. So, okay. So with, with that, with that, I, I do want to go back. So y- you, you mentioned that, uh, that word empathy. Um, I, I, I adore that word for many reasons. Um, and I think that's another overused underutilized uh, word and attribute, but so for you, you, you come from a a country that it is not impoverished by any stretch of the imagination, though there is a lot of poverty there. But you come to America, uh, uh, you come to Florida, right? Continental America, um, to for a better life, for more opportunity. And here, your dad is diagnosed with this devastating disease. So, how how does that begin to shape your perspective on life when you kind of came from? for the most part, nothing, you're looking for opportunity, but then probably the greatest opportunity to have your dad continue to be your dad and, and lead you and protect you. And like, that's kind of being peeled from you. So like, how does that shape you as you're growing up, going off to college, doing all those things?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I, I think about this because people have heard the story, you know, obviously I, I talk about it a lot more. It's really interesting. I told the story today um, I never told this story in business setting until almost a year and a half ago. It was the first time I ever brought my personal, uh, part of my life into a major part of my, of my business. And it was all about folks like you that help people in in coaching. So this is not a prop, you, know, you didn't pay me to say this, but the reality <laughs> is I hired a business coach that I would have never thought would have done stuff that had nothing to do with business, by the way, that helped me work through some things in my head that I realized a couple things. One, I had never grieved enough as I needed to to get rid of uh, through some things. Um, two, I never drew the correlation of my money mindset and for those people that don't know, look it up. It is, a, it is a thing that you probably never recognize. I always have been in this business to make money, but I'm not a big spender. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I've got nice stuff, but you know, I still own the same house in Tampa as I've been for a while. Like I, I drive a decent car. Like I'm not a stuff acquirer. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, because I've seen my parents file bankruptcy, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, a, of a hoarder kind mm. of at times. But it wasn't until the opportunity of correlating the ability to impact more lives to my business that shit got good. And, mm. and, and not necessarily monetary, although my business is 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 doing well, in my level of satisfaction and the fire that's in my belly. So if I revert that back to the only thing I know how to do, and I don't know if we're supposed to use the word immigrant as a Puerto Rican, but <laughs> anyway, yes, we're Americans, but we immigrated to the States. I, I don't know if that's a real word, but I'm going to use it. Um, and I always now look back at, and Gary V talks about that, you know, that, that immigrant hustle and mm-hmm. all I've ever known, Ryan, I'm not the tallest guy. I'm not the fastest guy. I'm not the smartest guy. I will simply just outwork you. When we were in, in, in sales, if you made 20 calls today, I made 40 and I win. It, it's a numbers game. And so that was like that in my athletic career. Uh, shoot, in some ways it probably asked more girls out. And so I got some dates out of it. I mean, it was, <laughs> you know, work everybody down and, I think my dad was the point that because that's the person I can point to, both my parents, but especially my father, mm-hmm. he always instilled in me, you can't control a lot of things, but you can control your hustle and your work and your effort and your word. Mm-hmm. And so when you now then see, um, Ryan, I don't know how old you are, but you're we're around the 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 next almost
1: 43. Was, almost 43.
0: 41. So I'm gonna draw a correlation that you will understand. To me, my father was Optimus Prime. Mm. So, you know, he could not be hurt, and especially a Latin male. You didn't see him cry. There wasn't a whole bunch of I love you, like hug stuff but I never doubted the man loved me because he showed me in the ways he knew how to show me, whether that was filming every baseball practice, whether that was making me do the things that maybe I didn't want to do, that now I look back, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so grateful for having experienced that, whether that's working at age 13 or you know, doing things around the house, like nobody got a free ride, like that was just the deal. And so. If if you ask me, what's the thing that at this whole moment I take from the dad story, I really do think that my father instilled the work ethic, Mm. Um, whether or not it was shoveling poop or doing something that you love doing. It was, you had to do it, especially if you told somebody you were going to do it it was your word. And so those two things work ethic and I've got people that I have committed something to. And so this life as an entrepreneur, I could tell you besides making my parents proud of me, the other motivating factor is I've got now 17 employees that I wake up every day thinking if you'd screw this up, their livelihoods get screwed Mm up. And I think that I never, it took me again, 41 years to kind of correlate and and put all these things together. But that's the thing I think I take most from, from that part of that.
1: Hmm. That's so big, man. And I I just, I don't think that people do that kind of work, uh, especially uh, I'm on this like real big train right now, like really focused on men and successful men. And um, I feel like Men do far less of this work than anybody else because it's like, you know, whatever happened to me, I just kind of shoved that shit down. I move on, dust it off, right? I'm stronger than that, I'm tougher than that, I'll grind it out. I mean, it it took me years and I, I knew some of it, but I mean, my dad left when I was six. There was a period from 20 to 30, 21 to 31 that I didn't talk to my dad for 10 years. And all of the ways that now today, my dad and I have an amazing relationship. And I can now still see the good that came from all of the time of him, of, of, you know, being brought up by him in, in certain times, the bad, but even how that shaped me for the good. But it took me continuing to go back into that. And for me, I mean, even I had a conversation with a guy three weeks ago, and he was asking me questions. And he goes, well, what about how that, like how your dad affected that? And I started to cry. And it had been a long time since I cried about that topic. And so it's just, I I think more people need to spend time not digging up the bad, but just going back and digging out, I believe, the gems that are in there and the opportunities they have to positively impact their life now. Because clearly that's such a fuel for you.
0: I would not have ever thought that that was the right thing to do so i'll give a prop to steve naplaton because he was the one that kind of made me do it and again vulnerable stuff is not something as a man especially a latin man you're ever taught right you don't cry you know way uh you fall off your bike throw some dirt in it, get back on the damn bike and 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 you know it It was, um, you know, something that it it has taken a lot of work. Mm. um, And work, to your point, that's super counterintuitive because, you know, don't look into the sun because it's going to hurt your eyes. But in some scenarios, looking into those things and trying to figure out, um, you know, how you deal with it or did you deal with it? And both with my mom and my dad, those situations, both, those were things that got back on the bike and started working. And so, and like work for me has always been, I could have a crappy day with a girlfriend. My brother could have been a jerk. Something bad could have happened with my life. and my, But work was always my safe haven. It was always, I can control this dojo and put all my time and effort. And the reward was success in in, in at least that term, right? My name and lights, I was a top producer i I made, I've made some money in life, you know, like those things, but that doesn't mean that you, um, have the total success. And I think as I get older, um, the coaching thing, what you do, I, I just can't stress to everybody. What a big part that's been of like making myself realize that I've got a lot of good stuff, but, but like I don't have a balanced life. I don't, I'm out of touch with the certain things. I need to recognize that relationships are more prized and make more time for it. Like being good at work doesn't define you. And you know, I've seen you post stuff like that. I think that's why I really enjoy your family, man. And I, I think that, and I think our business tends to produce an overwork mentality, uh, that oh. I think, you know, again can, can be rectified with some
1: of this well and i, I think something else that I'm, I'm hearing as a theme which um just it totally makes sense and i've been there so many different times is you know as you find success It builds up, even if you're not doing it intentionally or in an evil way, like it builds up this, this stronger level of pride to where then you can hook more on that. Like, Hey, you know, my life is good because I'm doing these things and accomplishing. And as a matter of fact, accomplishing these things is providing for these 17 people that employ me. And so then they have a good life and Oh, is I'm doing good work. I'm, I'm, I'm tearing down all these walls of like trash at this industry is built and I'm helping employers. And so again, those are all good things and they're great things to hang our hat on. The problem is, and it sounds like this is where you've kind of come through more recently is like you come to this place where you still need the rest of your life. And that doesn't mean you have to get married. You have to have kids. You have to have all these things put together. I just think that it means you need to explore all of the different areas so you can find the, the whole life that you want to live, not just this one area.
0: The, the new coaching program I'm doing right now about like scaling your business and, and getting better operationally, uh, the, the tagline, and I'm going to get it exactly, not exactly right, but it basically says you can have the double win, both your uh, work life and your personal life, but you have to do it by design. Mm. And I think that level of accountability I will say if there's something that i think is my superpower in life it is that every l is mine anything that happens bad in my life i take that l i don't point fingers i'm a i'm a pretty good take it off the chin kind of guy uh and so i like when i get exposed to things because I'm the person you know, I wake up at 430 and, and hit the workout and I eat right and like when people that there's one thing that just drives me bonkers when people are like I used to do that it works really well like, like if we do things that like are completely pointless from Instagram to Netflix to whatever and you know, especially the diet and exercise stuff. Like 30 minutes out of a day could just make your world a completely different place. And you used to do it, but you stopped. So uh, that that just uh, that that can be a whole session for me because that just pisses me off.
1: So, okay. So, so you, you talked about something in that I'm interested to how you deal with it. So you talked about, you know, you can own your losses and I totally respect that. I, I think that any great leader is ultimately going to own that. Every person should find some ownership in those, but how do you deal with them when they really start to ply along? Like how, because at some point as strong physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever, as, as we are or think we are, whatever, like it starts to crack. And so what happens when Lester starts to crack?
0: Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the personification of that. So 2017, um, I had been running the first business down here in Puerto Rico for about a year. Uh, 2017, my mom dies August 11th. Uh, from pancreatic cancer my island gets destroyed by Hurricane Maria on the 19th of September now when I say destroyed uh, I had three feet of water inside of this house 34 windows in my corporate office building blew out Uh, we didn't have power for four months and this island was devastated Uh, so that happened Two and a half, three weeks after my mom died, uh, you know, about a month after my mom died, uh, and then my business partners and I decided that we were no longer good for each other, and I had to decide just walking away with from it, and it cost me millions of dollars. And so my brother and I talk about this because I think the Morales, at least our Morales clan, we've always been. Um, you know how like you you could describe somebody in your relationship with somebody about like that person's always the funny guy, the nice. Da, 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 da. We are the energetic people. Mm. Like how I am right now, that's how I wake up. Nine, to, you know, I just that, that's how I am, and my parents were like that too. And my brother and I talk about that. that that's exhausting when you're at that point of okay, enough universe, God, you know, whatever somebody believes in, everybody gets to that point where, okay, no mas. I I cannot take anymore. more. And and I'll tell you, the first thing for me was um, always putting stuff into work or into something else. So immediately after the hurricane, uh, me and some friends started a charity. I worked for 90 days. Didn't work on business, worked on stuff so we flew in millions of pounds of stuff i went and i mean i slept in my car many many of nights while passing things out and helping other people in the island and you know blah blah but i didn't have enough time to even think that you know anything was going wrong right or i didn't have a time to think that my mom had just passed away and as a, a self-admitted mama's boy i was in mm. um So, you know, I I would tell you um, I don't know that I dealt with it immediately the healthy way. Mm. I will tell you, I learned through coaching that the only way to get through it was to actually sit and stew in it. Mm. Uh, And so I remember I found a couple of meditations that actually sit there and make you think about it, whatever it is, and I would come out of there bawling, crying, and you know what? You start to become very comfortable in your own skin. So Mm. I've been on an airplane, and just to your point, bawling, just crying. The the song that came on the radio, the the lady's hair looked like my mom's hair. I've been on a spin bike one time and thought, oh, my mom loves spinning, like there's just been some, and I think you know you use the word authentic a lot. Give a flying flip. What uh, people think about me, and so whether that's coming from my parents or or just the level of you know confidence, arrogance, whatever I might have, that word authentic. I'm super comfortable with my own skin. Um, and I've worked at that, mm-hmm. uh, so I think you know when you're a teenager and in college, you join a fraternity, you 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 have an identity. You know, I was a jock, I had an identity. Uh, but at some point, I really did. And I think sales gets you a little bit in that, and like baseball, right? What do you call somebody that that fails seventy percent of the time? Freaking hall of famer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just think that losing and having stuff happen. I think if you come out of it with your head on straight can can make you have a lot of level of peace. And and the last thing I'll say about that, the expression that I love is you can't read the label from inside the jar. Mm. And I heard that. um, And it really dawned on me like, okay, that the lord the universe is not this cruel that there is some bigger plan that i just don't know about because i'm in the plan and you're gonna only know it when you get through or on or whatever so you know team chapter i didn't like it you know they could go pound sand but let's see what the next, you know, years would do it. And, um, that's, that's my motivation.
1: man. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. That's so good. I mean, if you are listening to this point, so, you know, when, when I'm talking to people, whether it's, podcasts like this or in a coaching call, right? I'm, I'm really listening kind of just for these things and two things that I heard you say, which I think I want to reiterate so people hear. So the first one back to this idea of authenticity, being comfortable in your skin. Again, I don't know you super well, but I've observed you quite a bit. We spent some time in some common space together and then obviously a lot of common friends. And so when I hear you say, I don't care what anybody else thinks about me, what I really know you mean, and I know I'm putting some words in your mouth here, but like what I know you mean is, is you carry yourself in such a way that you can be proud of the professional, successful, kind, empathetic, considerate person that you are, so your character demonstrates to people like, I am this quote unquote, good person out in the world. And at the same time, when I bear it all, when I cry, when I have an asshole of a day, and you know, I just happen to put that out there for people to see, I don't care if people judge me for that, because I've already demonstrated to them that I have this character. And so that character allows you to just be you all the time. And if people don't like it, tough shit, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's the way that it is. So I really appreciate that you say that, uh, that you said what you said, and then kind of just like putting that together for people to see again, like too many people, when they say like, I don't care what people think of me, they're idiots because they need to do some self-work because they should care because they're not putting off, you know, who they really want to be. So that, that was really, really big. And then the other thing that you said, you know, about not being able to read the label from inside the jar. I love that analogy because, you know, I mean, I am a, you know, a deep, deep believer in God, like faith to me is at the forefront of everything, the center of everything that I do, whether or not you you want to agree to that, you know, we have to start with this foundation of like, we're here for a reason. I mean, if we're purposeless in, in, in being here, then we are miserable. And so if there's, yeah, so if there's purpose, then We can take the loss of your parents, the devastation of your island and your business, you know, the tragedies that I've gone through, losing people close to me, watching things happen. And it's like, I freaking hate it. I hate when bad things happen. And I'm never going to be like, yep, bring them on. Like, I'm not excited about bad things happening, but right. But I can get to the other side and say, "There, there was a good reason for that. And I may not see it in the moment. I may not see it in my lifetime, but by me going through it, something good to me or to somebody else has happened as the result. So I just you know love what? that.
0: I, I, I really like that. And, and the thing that I'm really working on right now is stopping to reflect enough mm. times to kind of be able to even and so like, if anyone's like me, like I'm such a perfectionist at the end of my day, I don't look at the things I got accomplished. I look at the things that I didn't get, accomplished, right. I'm always folks And again, Latin male and athlete, negative reinforcement works for me. Like I like my name in lights. So like when you tell me, Morales, your name's not going to be in lights if you don't, okay, what do I got to do? Right. And, and so, but now I even like the planner that I have for Michael Hyatt, like, I mean, I'm now forcing and stopping and saying, hey, what did I, I got them written down. Like, what did I do? Let's stop and celebrate that. Because I just don't think that, that that's not, that's, a, that's a, somebody who's super well developed, you know, with, with IQ and, and EQ more so like you than it is for a normal person. But that's, that's something I think if I could go back and teach the younger self of me is my self-talk and like celebrate where you've come because to your point when bad stuff happens shoot man just like getting up the next day and strapping on your shoes and going back at it should be celebrated when a lot of other people would have called it in throw the towel and like writing a check for a half a million dollars to start a business at square zero, um, you know, and, and saying, come on, let's do that. I mean that for me, I, I, I didn't think about that until like recent, like I'm working on that. And I, it's a big deal, man. Such a big deal like celebrate the little things too.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, again, I mean, I, I think that this is stuff that is so important for us to stay focused on. This is this is the stuff that we need to continually um, lean into. I mean, I appreciate the fact that you think that I'm smart, um, but, um, you know, it's I, I'm constantly
0: I said you. I said you. emotionally
1: smart. Maybe. Not OK, like OK. You. Okay. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) Even then you're going too far, but, (laughs) but you know, it's, I I think it just, it always takes that self-work. I mean, last year I talked a lot about it last year. I read the book stillness is the key by Ryan holiday, and he does such a wonderful job. I read that book because I needed to shut up and be quiet and just sit in the quiet and stillness for a while. But so much of it was that it was that it was those times of reflection. It was those moments to really just sit and marinate in the conversation I, had the deal that went on, my relationship with my wife. Like, if we're not doing that, we're missing so much. And unfortunately, what we end up doing is just piling more shiny objects on top of shit. And at the bottom, it's still just a bunch of shit. You know.
0: I got a great quote that I wrote down the other day. If you aim for nothing, you will hit it every time uh and and that's that reflection stuff what what do you want right what do you yeah. want out of life? what do you want out of your business what do you want out of your relationships what do you want out of your finances and i don't think until literally the last two years of my life have i really been focused when people like you you could ask a bunch of people what they don't want they can rattle off a list but you give people what they want and they start to stutter they can name a couple things and super vague so you know, whether we're talking business, whether we're talking any of that, that that's such a big deal right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, when, when I hear this is why I enjoy conversations like this. I mean, we've talked very little about business. We'll kind of land there in just a second. Uh, But what I appreciate so much about this is, you know, in sales, we've, we've always heard the mantra, hopefully, you know, people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. It's like, it's this, it's this human engagement. It's this human interaction. And yet when we think about business, we always go to process, strategy, structure, offering, you know, products and services, all that type of stuff, which we can get there, but I don't care you know, what amazing offering you have. If you're an asshole or you're greedy, no one's going to want to do business with you. And so by having conversations like this, I mean, I'm sure probably everybody that's in benefits that will listen to this podcast already knows you, but through this conversation, I hope that people can make a better judgment about wanting to do business with you because of how you approach life versus how you approach healthcare. You know, uh, not to like totally beat up his quote, but you know, when Martin Luther King Jr. said, you know, I, you know basically i don't you know i hope one day you know people won't be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character like whether or not that first part has ever affected us the second part is equally as important in saying like we should want to be judged by the content of our character and so you know people getting to know you to hear about you to learn about what makes you tick what 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 you've struggled with and how you overcome that People should hear our conversation today. And I don't care whether you're in the industry or not. Like you should wanna connect with Lester because he's just gonna make you a better person by him sharing life with you. I mean, it's it's the reality, right? Like that's why we're here. And then if it just so happens that I need a service that you have to offer, then I'm like, oh, I got this great guy. I'm absolutely gonna work with him, right? Yep,
0: yep. And I, I really do agree to those. I mean, if you could surround yourself with just the right people, Hopefully some of them turn into business relationships, but whether we're talking about dating or friendships, if you just surround yourself around the right people, just good things are naturally going to happen.
1: Totally. Okay. So let's talk about business just for a couple minutes, because I, I do want to hear how this then all translates to present day so you have spent because we're coming up on some time here but like you you've spent all of this time in your life a lot of it in the industry but your entire life at least adult life growing in your ability to do right to continue to develop yourself talk about the investment into your business into your community like all these things are happening and now here you are today literally on the day that we record early 2021 it'll come out in a few weeks And the industry that you serve is in one of the most dire spots that it's ever been in. Whether we're talking more generally about healthcare and the provider side, or we're talking about benefits and the broker side, or all these employers that are sitting in the devastation of the pandemic and everything that's happened to their businesses. So, What is it today that you are most passionate about in serving the benefits community and the healthcare industry in general?
0: Yeah, I I think that's a pretty easy thing, right? I think we can have a win-win-win all the way around if we think about this differently. And and I start with the mindset that in every other consumer-based product that we have, whether it's the cell phone right here, the flat screen TV that's on the wall. I looked for how much it cost. I read some reviews. I, you know, the car in the driveway, I didn't go to the dealership that's right down the street. I went to one further because I know that it was cheaper because I did some and I looked at it. So we're used to that in everything else. People clip coupons You'd save 35 cents on mayonnaise, but when it comes to accessing healthcare, everybody loses their freaking mind. But if you think about it and say, it's part of health insurance, let's take that word insurance and say, if um, I got into a fender bender in the target parking lot, am I just gonna go run off to the local body shop and tell them to fix it? No, I'm gonna call you know, State Farm, I'm gonna call whoever. If a tree falls through my house, am I gonna just call the nearest river? No, I'm gonna call Allstate. And so we're used to this, hey, let me talk to somebody who knows something more than I do about that topic. And so I relate that to healthcare and the fact that the cost and quality of healthcare dramatically changes depending on where we go access healthcare. But we don't ever stop to think about it And we think that the present day system is actually built to fix it, which what we call premium, and I want everybody to take this, what we call premium, health insurance companies call revenue. Raise your hands if you wake up in the morning wanting to lower your revenue. And so that same thing is for me. So the win, win, win. We can save an employer money by saving their employees money by getting them to the highest quality lowest cost healthcare and we can pay providers a fair amount quicker where they don't have to chase the out of pocket expenditure for employees if everybody just looked at it a little bit different and so. That's the thing that fires me up. It's what what drives my passion. It's what I do every day in the construction of the health plans that we design. It's the conversations I have, but it is the salmon. We are swimming upstream against an industry that has been doing it the same for years and years and years and years.
1: Mm, that's good. That's good. I mean, uh, you know, again, I, I think that A lot of people talk that talk and I may be sounding very judgmental here, but I still feel like very few people are willing to walk it. And what I mean by that is, is the message sounds provocative enough to attract the employer to want to hear what I have to say. But when it comes to delivering, it's just going to cost me too much to actually implement all those things. And so maybe we'll do that later. But go ahead and sign over your broker of record to me, or you know, a consulting agreement to me, or whatever. What I appreciate about you is, is again observing what I have over you know the last couple of years. But then more importantly, even just in this conversation right now, I mean, you've proven time and time again in your life that you're willing to sacrifice yourself in order to see the right thing happen or put your goals on pause in order to make sure other people are taken care of. And I think that that demonstrates enough of a character quality for people to want to pick up the phone and say, Hey, Lester, like, Please tell me that there's something that I can do differently, and I think that that's where the conversation starts. Is people are so fed up; they just need to know that they can talk to somebody that they can trust as a person, and then that that person will lead them to the water uh, to get them what they need.
0: I uh, I hope every day that that happens. Uh, You know, I I think the reality of this is nobody does well—not nobody most of the world doesn't like things that put them in a level of discomfort, right? We know that, right? You go to the gym, you're sore, you stop going for the rest of the week. Eating carrots all day doesn't necessarily taste the best, right? I mean, there's just the realities of things that we know. And so even though I can demonstrate financially, black and white, that this is a better financial deal, the realities of what I know what I've seen, what I've done for years is still the hardest thing. So if there's a, 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 a work lesson or a work conversation out of all of this, I just think it's the old adage of the definition of insanity. Right? I mean, I, like, honestly, I, I look at that and it said, I was at the highest levels of my organization. I grew my own three and a half million dollar book. I was leading a team of 200 salespeople. I was doing just fine financially, but something didn't feel right because I knew something better was out there. Mm. And it became to be insane that we're like, going to pitch these new companies on on our story knowing that our story is the same thing. So it became back to let's go that word authentic. It became so lacking in authenticity that I was sitting in front of somebody not necessarily believing what the heck was coming out of my mouth that we're gonna be able to be better financial stewards of your plan. No, we're gonna do the same thing that everybody else does so That's that's only thing you can't do, right? So I, I think that that, if there's one element of that is once you know that there is something different out there it might not be jump in the middle of the pool cannonball style like i did but you definitely have to start dipping your toe putting your ankle in getting waist deep and and, and figuring out because if not and this is what drives me if not more families will continue to file bankruptcy 67 percent of all personal bankruptcies are because of medical reasons and most of those people have insurance mm. So somebody having a four, five, six, $10,000 out of pocket max is functionally uninsured. They can't afford it. They don't have $400 in the bank. So that reality to me is such a big deal. Uh, but again, it goes back to, we have to think a little bit differently than we did yesterday.
1: That, okay. So that's a good stat just to, um, just to reiterate. So What you heard him say, and I want to reiterate hearing him say, and he has the number, but the majority of medical-related bankruptcies that are filed in this country, which also one of the number one reasons why people are starting GoFundMes to provide for out-of-pocket health care costs, are people that have insurance, we often see that story and we're like, oh my gosh, it's so sad. I wish they, they should have had insurance. It's like, no, they do. It doesn't take much to put people into a horrific financial position as the result of a big incident, even when you have insurance. So again, you, yeah, I mean, it is, it's, it's the right plan with the right provider the right direction for care. And if you are not striving for that as an employer for your employees, man, you are gonna be up shit creek before you know it, if you aren't already.
0: My parents were working people who had jobs, who had insurance, and we still had to file bankruptcy. My parents combined, we were very middle-class. We made 90, 90000 $100,000 a year but when you've got a ten thousand dollar family out of pocket max for three or four years straight, what family has twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars extra in the bank?
1: None. Very few. Very yeah. few. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, buddy. I mean. I think I could talk to you for hours on end because, I mean, I appreciate your energy. I appreciate your passion. uh, But then couple that with the integrity that you have. We had some fun conversation offline before we started about both enjoying the same types of whiskey. So that's really good. I mean, I just think that there's so many things, even, you know, just continuing to run down this line of, you know, the issues in health insurance benefits, healthcare—it's um, all there. But I mean, more than anything, again, I just want to reiterate the fact that you know, as we as we want to grow as individual people, as we want to uh, continue to grow as professionals, I think that the best thing that we can do is to connect with other people that are in the trenches too. You know, maybe they're ahead of us, maybe they've accomplished more than we have, but again, just getting into it with people that are willing to bear themselves, to share their stories of success and tragedy, that are willing to be open and honest about where they're still striving to get better. I think those are the most important things. And so if you have not heard uh, at this point, a compelling reason to connect with Lester you're crazy, and maybe you weren't listening, or you shouldn't be listening to this podcast, um, and, and that's just because I just believe that you are just a great dude, and everybody should connect with you. I don't care what industry you're in, so dude, thank you. I mean, you are just—you are a wonderful individual.
0: Thanks, dude. I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate you letting me tell the story because, uh, again, I, it took me a while to kind of understand and be comfortable with who I am and 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 being able to even share this right I mean like I told you the first time I told this story as a part of business was less than a year and a half ago uh and so you know if it can help somebody else relate these two things together that they can make their business part of their why and and, and grabbing that then man that then I did my job for the day I could I could I can consider today a success so thank you for allowing that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'll make sure to let people, uh, know where they can find you. I, I know LinkedIn's a big place that you're at. Uh, you contribute a lot of content there. So we'll drop that into the show notes, anything else, any other place that people can connect with you or you want people connecting to you? Do you want to like get out your cell phone just in case? No, uh,
0: I, I, I should give my text platform now, but it's not ready yet. So, uh, <laughs> I would just say, um, we've got a brand that we um, communicate all this through about adding transparency to healthcare. It's, it's thb.health. So uh, we'll continue to put a whole lot and that is, you can't buy anything off of it. It's not intended to sell anything. It's intended to educate people that there is a different way. So thb.health transparent health benefits. So thb.health.
1: Awesome. Okay. We'll make sure to drop that in the show notes too. Um, Well, yeah. Thanks, man. Super appreciative of you. Um, Can't wait till we can finally connect in person some point in the future and maybe have a whiskey together.
0: The first, the first first old fashioned I made.
1: (laughs) I'll take you up on that. All right, guys, this wraps up another episode of authentic conversations as always make sure to connect with my guest Lester today. I've said over and over again, totally worth connecting to. If you have not already, you got any feedback for me? I'm open to whatever it is you want to say. You can't hurt my feelings. Anything you want to share, got a suggestion for a future guest, whatever. But in the end, no matter what you do, as I try to say as often as possible, be you, be happy, be authentic. Peace. Thank you for listening to Authentic Conversations with Ryan James Miller. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and share it with others. To connect with Ryan and learn more, visit RyanJamesMiller.com.